coming up. Mindset coaching, overcoming limiting beliefs, and the most important thing and action that you need to take to move you towards achieving your goals. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic one, Oscar Mike. If you're new here, we help service members and veterans achieve financial freedom. We have a free Facebook community, free podcast, which you're listening to right now, free YouTube content, and for those who are looking to level up the War Room Mastermind. Now, Joe Moffat went from the Marine Corps to coaching alongside Tony Robbins. Now he runs his own mindset coaching business and does a lot of real estate investing as well. He and I got to spend a week together in Costa Rica two months ago. I really liked his presentation from that event because it took some mindset stuff and added it to a more, made it more tactical and applicable towards business and entrepreneurship, which is something that a lot of mindset stuff does not always connect with. And so I loved it. So I asked him to come share his tips and tricks on the podcast today. And here we go. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast. Joe, thanks for joining us today, brother. And I'm excited to be here with you and rock and roll. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump right in. I'm going to ask you, I always start with like a kind of a like down the road question and then we go back and tell backstories. So I'm curious, as uh, you do a lot of mindset coaching, you do a lot of working with people. What would you say is the most common limiting belief that you see people struggling with? For entrepreneurs who are looking to grow and scale. I mean, I don't know many, too many people who look to start a business just to get pay their bills and that's it. Um, they always seem to want more, which is great. And like, that's the goal of entrepreneurship. Uh, but as they start to grow, they realize that they're wearing all the hats in the beginning. And at some point you get maxed out, right? And mm. one of the biggest limiting beliefs that they have is, or at least that I've seen over the years is that they think they need to do it all. No one can do it better than them. And that really I've seen held people back from passing things off that they're actually not good at to someone who's really good at that and they can do their work and then they have time to work on the business and set it in the business. The, the limiting belief of leveraging, um, that's the number one thing I see with people and it hurts their growth and their wallet at the same time, big time. I like that. And it's interesting that you say that, uh, the wallet piece, because one of the reasons that I often hear people say they don't, you know, hire, they don't outsource is they can't afford to outsource that thing. And for one, there's a lot of much more affordable ways to outsource things or, or fractionally outsource. It doesn't have to be a full-time in-person hundred K a year person right off the bat. But for two, it's, it's like the old like adage, like the real question is like, it's not, can you afford it? It's, it's, can you afford not to like the amount of, uh, you know, I had an assistant who was okay at first and I went through a couple iterations and I've got one right now that I was gone for a full month last month and I came back and I feel like I had like missed two or three days. Like that's how much work was left. You know, she was just crushing stuff and, uh, you know, things were running on their own behind me. Um, we were closing deals and, and whatever. And, uh, boy, that's, that's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, and I'll, I'll just share from a personal level, you know, all my social, all my, my entire YouTube channel. Um, I have my VA 
And, you know, it's easy to say, well, I'll, I'll just do the editing. I'll just do the thumbnails and post it online and all. But for the amount of money that I paid him to do it, and he's excellent at it, that gives me massive social proof that I provide value, not just the referrals. And literally, it's probably the amount that I pay him on an annual basis just in the last four months, we probably pulled in four to five times what I pay on an annual basis for that. And so sometimes we're get, we get so caught up in how much is it going to cost me now versus what's the ROI I'm going to get on the back end, right? And so sometimes we don't think about that. And when you do and you look, hey, if I pay, if I'm putting in two grand a month for someone at this position, how much am I going to get back in return? 100K? So would you trade 24K for 100K? I do that all day and even with your money, right? So you just got to, you got to look what's the ROI on that. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so uh, you want to give us a little bit of your backstory? How do, how do we get to current day Joe Moffat, who's uh, living his best life? <laughs> yeah, so I uh, grew up in New Jersey outside of the Philadelphia area. I was one of those guys that no one wanted to be when I grew up and uh, saw that there was my anatomy teacher in 10th grade. Uh, he brought his brother in who works as a dentist in the Navy. And I said, oh, that looks so cool. I want to go into the Navy. And then 9-11 happened. And uh, I think it was about a year later, my senior year, one of my buddies, I haven't seen him forever. And he, he was in our cafeteria in this uniform I'd never seen before. And I went to talk to him and I found out that the United States Marine Corps existed. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was just like the Navy and the Army. Air Force. And so um, we were talking, he just got back from the initial invasion in Iraq and um, just talking with the recruiter and I got all excited. So needless to say, fought uh, family about which branch to join, ultimately joined the Marine Corps, spent five years in the Corps, lived in Okinawa, Japan, stationed out there for two years, deployed around the world, got orders to San Diego, where I fell in love with it. Um, and nine months later, they're like, hey, we need you to go play in the sand in Iraq for six months. So I did, um, went there when I came back, I was at kind of like two, three months from getting out. And I had that defining moment that we all experience at one point or another. And it was, do I stay in with the career, the pension, the security, or do I try my chances on the outside? And ultimately I decided to bet on me. I was tired of deploying. I knew I wanted a wife and kids one day, and I just didn't have the heart to say goodbye to them for six months, a year to two years. So got out, got involved in network marketing, got involved in Amway. If any of you guys watching know what that's about, um, don't worry. We're not here trying to sell you or recruit you. I don't do that anymore. I coach people in those industries, but um, it was beautiful for me. And the reason being was I had incredible leadership and mentorship. And then I got burst, burst into personal development. Uh, I don't know about any of you guys, but I never read books like uh, think and Grow Rich or Rich Dad Poor Dad or Magic of Thinking Big growing up. And so I just started to inhale this content. And as a result, got introduced to Tony Robbins and his work. And it was at the perfect time in my life because I was in thirty dollars to $40,000 credit card debt for the third time. I like to think I'm an overachiever. I don't do things once or twice. I got to do it three times. Um, and then I was running relationship patterns where I'd push my girlfriend away after about a year for them to call, crawl back, tell me how much they love me. And it's just an unhealthy way to feel loved and significant. And his work turned everything around for me. And so as a result, I was in business with his son, uh, Jarek Robbins. I was at his birthday party in San Diego, met a buddy of his. I said, well, hey, what do you do for a living? 
you know, we all asked that question and they're like, he's like, oh, I'm a coach for Tony Robbins. And I said, hey, I want to do that. How do I do that? So did what I had to do after about a year, got invited to the training, become a professional coach at Tony Robbins, um, finished top of my class. And I became my uh, personal, uh, excuse me, a professional coach, mindset coach at Tony Robbins. And it was awesome. Uh, I got a lot of time in the saddle uh, over this last decade. I've done well over 25,000 coaching calls. Um, I went back up my master's degree in performance psychology only because the GI Bill helped pay for that. And I think the yellow ribbon program helped me complete my master's, which was actually a blessing in disguise. And then um, did a lot of certs, all that cool stuff. But as a result, after about almost seven, eight years at Tony Robbins, I started my own company. Um, I met my wife at a Tony Robbins event in 2014. We got married in 2016. She became a coach in that time at Tony Robbins too. We both left Tony Robbins. We had our, uh, our first son in 2018 and our second and final son in 2020. We built, our, built a new house out in the Boise, Idaho area. And now we, we do professional coaching for a lot of real estate investors. We also invest a lot in real estate ourselves. But our whole goal is to help people create financial freedom, kind of like what you're doing here, helping people create that next level in life. And so we do that through passive income and mindset. So uh, that pretty much brings us to where we are today. A lot of great things. And I was just sharing with David before um, we jumped on that we're under contract for two acres out in the the hills, the countryside as a legacy play for our family. So really excited about what's coming and uh, who we're helping. So, yeah, it's exciting. Boom. I love it. Um, all right. So, you know, a lot of moving pieces in there. Um, what what do you think going through like the the training to become a coach to now what has surprised you the most about being on the coaching side of personal development that like something that you may not have anticipated learning or, or, or having to deal with? Yeah. Good question. You know, I don't know about many of you, but growing up, I, I never had anyone speak to the insecurities that I developed at a young age. And I, I see it now a lot, but I always put people on a pedestal. They were always better than me, you know, and when I became a professional coach, beautiful thing about it was I got to see kind of behind the curtains and people on the outside, you would think they were you know, like a God, right? But on the inside, what's going on between here and here, there is a lot to, a lot of work to do, right? It's like the outside of the house can look beautiful, but inside if it's trash, no good. Right. There's actually zero value in that property if the inside is all messed up. All right. When we talk about kind of the metaphor of investing, if the outside is messed up, great. It's not bad if someone can see the, the, the vision of it. But on the inside, if that's messed up, and I've just seen that there's so many people that have it together that most people look up to and they just really got their own stuff going on. It's not a bad thing. We all have it. But what really surprised me was how many people I thought had it together that actually didn't. They were hurting inside. They were bearing so much weight, carrying so much in their pack, like it weighed them down. And so being able to help people release a lot of that and clean up the inside has been one of the coolest things that I got to see. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Uh, it's always surprising to me to the amount of problems that I think I have. When you start talking about it with people, you realize like 
not only are you not alone, but you're probably not the worst at that thing. And so prime example, I won't name the guy, but a mutual friend of ours in GoBundance, um, he and I first met at like one of the speed dating things they do, like at the very beginning of the conference, they'll be like, okay, find somebody you don't know. And you've got 10 minutes and like whatever. And we're sitting down going through the questions they ask. And he was going first. I, I'm asking him the questions. And it was like, what are you struggling with? And at the time, I'm struggling with like a flip that went super south. I'm probably going to lose 30 grand on it. I've, I've, it's taken way too long. I owe the private money lender his money back, you know, all these things. And I'm feeling like, well, what was me? This deal sucks. It's just such a drag. And this guy's like, we've lost, you know, like $1.4 million in, in cash this year due to deals that went south. And, you know, we're really trying to revamp our strategy and do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, like not only am I not, you know, not alone here, but this guy's done this probably six or 700 times more than I have and mm -hmm. is still struggling right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had a really good conversation about it, but it was just so eye opening to me because from the front, I'm like, person has everything together, you know, the same, same thing. And I run into that all the time with all kinds of deals. You, you open up, you become vulnerable with somebody about something, personal life, whatever. And you realize like, not only are you not alone, but often your problems, not nearly as bad as you think it is. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's all it's comparison, cool. right? Like, I don't like to compare to people, but you know, your worst day is someone else's best day. They're dreaming, they're praying for your worst day. Yeah. And so many times we just get so caught up in fear. We, you know, we always talk about the book, the gap in the game. We're so caught up in the gap that we never look back and say, look how far it's came. Right. Yeah. And, and looking at the game in your life. And that basically boils down to the gratitude, right? Like, are you, do you have a gratitude practice for where you are, where you come from, the things that you didn't experience or that you were protected or sheltered from? Right. And it's like, so anyway. Yes, you're spot on, man. I love that. Yeah, gratitude's huge. Um, all right, so we I, I let it off with a question about limiting beliefs. And you, when we hung out in Costa Rica, you gave a presentation to the group that was personally my favorite presentation. And one of the reasons for that is, you know, a lot of mindset stuff is just woo-woo. Uh, and it's like, okay, cool, uh, great. Uh, how do I actually do that thing? <laughs> and... Uh, and yours was a little bit more tactical, depending on which part of the presentation we're talking about. You're like drawing out graphs on like two different whiteboards. And I'm like, oh, shit, I had uh, eight pages of notes from the entire Costa Rica event. And four of them were Joe Moffat presentations. So um, yeah. as I'm looking through it, I remembered you talked about how you help oh. somebody overcome limiting beliefs with like an I think the example you used was a table. And uh, I'd love to just hear a little bit about, you know, how you help people. Uh, kind of understand what that might be and how to get past these limiting beliefs that, by the way, everybody has uh, on some level. Yeah, I, I will say if you don't have a limiting belief or if you believe you don't have a limiting belief, that's a limiting belief, right? Like there's some <laughs> area of your life. We all have them. It's common. But the ones who succeed best the most or the quickest in life are the ones that can recognize them, deal with them, shift them and then uh, take action from there. And so um, this isn't a concept I created. Actually, I heard Tony Robbins talk about it before. And 
our beliefs, everything that we have, all the beliefs, the thoughts that we have are kind of like a tabletop, right? Mm-hmm. And this tabletop is supported by references that happen in our life. The legs of the table are the references that we have, right? If, if you're like, man, I'm a loser, if that's a belief that you have, right? You're going to, your brain's going to look for all the times that prove that you were a loser. Look, she rejected you, the hot chick that you asked out, rejected you in front of everyone, right? Or, hey, you got picked last on this sports team. See, you are a loser. Or, hey, you know what? You, you lost out on a deal. You lost 30 grand on the flip. See, you are a loser, right? Like, and our brain likes to pull these references and that's what holds up the table, right? And so if someone like myself or a coach can come in and identify what those references are, but then automatically just come and cut the legs off, what, what's naturally going to happen if you cut the legs off of something? It's just going to mm. fall and it's going to shatter. There's going to be no support for that belief. And then what's beautiful about that is, and that's really where the power of coaching could come in. And it's like a shameless plug here, but that's why power coaching has been so powerful in my life. I was through my wife away before we even hung out. If it wasn't for my coach eliminating the limiting beliefs and shifting my perspective, I would have not, I would have not taken my wife out and we wouldn't have the life we have today. Um, <clears throat> who knows where I'd be, but um, so What's beautiful about that is you actually, once the table legs are cut off and the beliefs shattered, you now can say, hey, what table do I want? What's the new belief that I want in inside this house, right? Like sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but when I was young in my 20s, just getting out of the Marine Corps, I was broke. And, you know, I could, whatever furniture someone gave me, I put in my house, right, that I rented. Um, and they, it wasn't nice stuff. But, you know what, if someone, you know, was hanging out and they broke the table, I could then go ahead and purchase something that I actually like, something that would fit my style and who I was. And I could go buy that. Um, and it would be tailored for me. And so often in times we just take these limiting beliefs from other people or other references, social references, and we say, this is who I am, or this is my table now. And it's just BS. And when we can come in, cut the legs off, you can now say, what's the belief I want to believe about myself? I am a winner. I am powerful. And I'm not saying that in a cheesy, corny way, right? Like that's, that's not, it's not just thinking positive. It's really saying, what's the program I want to install? What's the decor I want in my house that's going to be uniform for me to, I'll use military, to pass the inspection, to really be able to climb that ladder of success, to, to get promoted, right? And so that new belief when installed allows you to have way more success and the limitation that's kind of like a parking brake inside your head. So, mm. Boom. I love it. That's yeah, that's awesome. All right. We're going to jump shift a little bit. This is still mindset oriented, but another piece of your presentation was talking about uh, vivid vision, which within my mastermind group, I just started to revamp the onboarding process to include like basically a requirement to do a vision, um, you know, for your, for yourself for the next five, 10 years in order to unlock being in an accountability squad. So everyone kind of speaks on the same language. And uh, actually we just had a coach come into the mastermind from uh, Cameron Harold's vivid vision company mm-hmm. and walk through that. Uh, and it was That's really cool. good, but you had some thoughts on, uh, you know, why a vivid vision is so important and, you know, at like a 30,000 foot view, kind of how to craft that. And I just figured I'd, I'd ask and let you share with the audience because, uh, man, I've always struggled. Like I, you know, when I first launched the community, I had no idea what this was going to be. I was just documenting 
whatever. Um, and so I never really had a vision. I had, I kind of had a vision, you know, for like, Ooh, I want to buy a car and I want to buy more real estate and I want to, uh, have a great sex life and, and have, you know, a wife and kids and all the normal shit. Um, but I never like had clarity on what three years from now my community would look like or what I wanted it to look like. And, uh, you know, it's just recently that I've really sat down and kind of figured out how to struggle my way through that and come up with something clear. Um, and so, yeah, just curious, you know, if you could share a little bit about why you think that's so important and, and how, yeah. um, how it works to build something like that out. Yeah. Well, first, before we go any further, what I'll say to everyone that's listening to this is your environment's the most important component of your success, um, outside of you and your mindset, taking action. Your environment plays a massive role. Most people, especially military, especially when you get out of the military, you go from this brotherhood <clears throat> or sisterhood to just me, right? You go from like feeling like a hero with this community and tribe to a zero. And the best thing that you can do is be part of a community. And I really honor you, David, for what you've created, right? Like you're just like, hey, I just want to see where this goes. Let's put something together. But, you know, you've created something special here in a niche of people who you know, quite honestly, we all serve our country, but sometimes our country doesn't serve us, especially when we get out, you know, there's people that do care, but other people, you know, we just see there's disrespect, there's no honor, nothing like that. And you just created an opportunity for people to get out of, you know, the military and plug into a powerful community that's moving forward. So any of you that are listening, if you're not part of this community, I highly encourage you to, because not only will you get like-minded people here, but David brings in the best of the best, right? Like he just talked about how he brought someone in from the vivid vision and, and you get different perspectives and you get different key ingredients that only you, the things that you need to kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together for you, you get, you get that here. So I would highly encourage you to do that. I honor you for what you're putting together here, man. So great job. Um, Appreciate you. You got it. Yeah. All right. So as far as the vivid vision, yes. And when we were in Costa Rica speaking about this, it, the, Look, I believe for me, I believe in God and I believe in the Bible. It says a man without a vision shall perish. Right. And mm -hmm. vision is something that allows us to have hope for where we're going. So many times I've just seen people just and my, myself included, I speak to me uh, or the old version of me in the past where I would just float and just wherever the wind takes me. Right. You're like a leaf falling off the tree. It's fall time as we're recording. I'm watching the leaves fall off. And it's just the leaves just go wherever the wind takes you. Unfortunately, that could be in the gutter in a pile of crap. Right? Like it can lead to a lot of bad places and it can lead up to some good places. But the probability of it going somewhere not good is higher than good. So why would you take that chance with your life? So I started to talk out with this and it you're taking notes while you're listening to this. I encourage you to write this down. But if you're not 100% clear, you're 100% unclear, right? Think about it. <clears throat> if, if someone, and we'll give a military analogy here, if someone had held hostage your family member in a commercial building full of windows and you could see them, you're in the building across and you have a sniper rifle. Now, we know the rifle can take out that, you know, the the one who took your family member hostage. But as you go in and you look through the scope, if it's fuzzy and they're standing next to your loved one, what's the percentage or the probability that you're going to pull the trigger? If it's blurry, mm. probably not going to take that shot, right? But if you oh, can scope. set it, 
That's right. If you can get it super clear, like 100% crystal clear, you now have the ability to, to get a great shot to get your family member back. And so I know it's a silly analogy, but the more clear the scope in your life is, the easier it is for you to succeed. It's like you're willing to take those shots quicker and faster. So I always tell people, you know what? We want to start with a 10-year vision. Like, where do you want to be in 10 years? There's no right or wrong answer, but you want to get, you just want to kind of start getting things out there. The reason why I like to look at a 10-year vision and I tell people it's not in cement, it's malleable. It's like a, it's a map. It can change, right? Like a lot of people here invest in real estate. It's like you can buy land and it looks one way, but a year later, it's going to look completely different once it's developed, right? It can, the map can change. It could be a dead end and then be open to a road a year later. So get it just writing out, like, what does that life look like at 10 years? And getting really crystal clear that I really encourage clients. I, I'm actually working with someone from Costa Rica around their, their vision, and we're getting so detailed about it. And the reason being is because the more detailed, the more exciting it gets, right? The more, like, if you're watching TV and it's blurry, you, and you're watching like your favorite sport, you know, it's the Super Bowl and it's all blurry. You're not going to get excited when you can't tell what's happening. But if you can get it crystal clear, you'll be way more excited. Yeah, it's going to change, but you'll be excited. So you get clear on what that is. And then you can reverse engineer your goals from or your vision to five years, three years, a year, six months, a quarter, a monthly, a weekly, and then even down to a daily. So there's no guessing like a leaf floating in the wind. You have a decisive map that's going to get you there, right? And as the military, we, you know, when we deploy, we have a mission. We have a map of where our objective is. And we have a plan on how we're going to get there. But I also believe in you got to have plan B and C. I'm not doing it from a position of fear. I'm doing it from a position of conquering because my goal is to achieve that mission. But it might not look the way I set out to because, hey, you might have a goal to have a hundred doors in the next 10 years. And all of a sudden you got a cat you go and you get two fourplexes in this next year, the cash flow on five grand a month. You do it again the next year. Now you're at 10 grand a month. And all of a sudden you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm talking about private equity or, you know, pulling in raising capital. And all of a sudden someone you meet one day and they're like, look, I'm trying to sell um, 80 doors right now. And I'll give it to you. If you buy them all, I'll buy them at a discount for you. And it's like 90 cents on the dollar. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can take advantage of this. And all of a sudden now you're at 88 doors or 98 doors, whatever it is. And you're right there and you've done it in three years versus 10. But I like to look at all areas of life. It's not just your financial, right? It's not just how am I making money? It's your health. What does your health look like? What does your relationships look like? And I'm not just talking about with like your girlfriend or boyfriend or your husband or wife. That's included. But like with your children, with your friends, like what do those relationships look like? Do you have relational equity with people? Um, your time management, your fulfillment in your life. How fulfilled are you in what you're doing? So you want to look at the kind of the wheel of life and get clear on all these areas so you can reverse engineer them back all the way down to what do I do? What's the habits on a daily basis to start moving me there? Because you'll find and when pe it's funny, people tell me, come into coaching, they're like, I want to be here in 10 years. I'm like, sorry, I think we're probably going to get there in less than three and a half. And, like, mm. yeah. and it's like, yeah, let's work on terrible. That, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I hope you tell your Costa Rica friend that in his vivid vision, he can afford to eat some pizza and save some abs for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I, I'm assuming that you're talking about our mutual friend who's uh, actually will remember. Um, I had not met him in person 
until Costa Rica. And I was like, damn, dude, you hit the gym. <laughs> but uh, All right, cool. So that's awesome. Um, really, the, you know, there, uh, two or three, I guess, remaining questions that are really just things from your presentation that I like to highlight. Uh, one, and this is probably really, really, really short answer is, uh, you know, should you focus on improving your blind spots, weak spots, or should you focus more on playing to your strengths? So I know people are always like, Ooh, I'm struggling here. Let me spend all my energy working on that. And, uh, I think you had a different take. Yeah. I think, I think the answer is yes to both. And so what do I mean by that? This is what I said in Costa Rica is everything's about context, right? Hey, work on your strengths. Right. And then you hear, hey, work on your weaknesses. Well, it, the context matters. Right. If you yeah. tell someone, if you tell a rookie going into the NBA to work on his strengths, the defense is going to expose all his weaknesses. He's going to be out of the league and literally over the course of a career, it could cost him hundreds of millions of dollars because he took a belief and ran with it. And it was a it was a wrong it was wrong advice. Hmm. But in business. If you focus on your weaknesses, you're going to be average at all the things, marketing, uh, hiring, scaling, right? Like you'll be good, but you'll never be great. Yep. So in business, I believe that you should work on your strengths and outsource your weaknesses to someone who has strengths in that area, just like we talked about earlier, because then you have people who are only working in their zone of genius, their strengths, where they feel the most power, excitement, and joy. And that is going to allow you to scale so much faster than if you have to work on things where it's a grind for you and you're going to have the parking brake on. It's hard to win a race when the parking brake's on. So I, I always encourage if it's sports, yeah, work on your weaknesses. If it's business, work on your strengths and outsource your weaknesses. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've been leaning more and more into that this year after reading uh, 10X is easier than 2X. And I'm like, man, mm. uh, life is going much smoother right now than I kind of thought it would be. Um, Can I just throw something in that you just said there? You know, yeah. I threw a book, you threw a book. So success leaves clues. And that is reading helps, right? Reading or listening. I'm a I'm a listen guy. I'll listen. I'll Same. cut my own grass and I'll go through an audio book and that whole process. It's not that I can't afford to outsource my grass, right? It's just, it's my third child. I like to, it gives me peace, gets me all the time. But I always tell people all the time, I'm like, if you feed your brain more than you feed your body, your life would go an entirely different direction. Most people just take in, let me just, I'll listen to a book and they're doing other things, which is fine, like cutting the grass. But what are you taking away? and What are you implementing? Right. Because that changes the way you think. And the more they, the more good you can pour in here, when the pressure of life comes, it's like a sponge. When squeezed by the pressure of life, what comes out? And we have 70 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are recycled, you know, in this whirlwind that's happening to us of everything we need to do and accomplish where we are, where we're not, who we are, who we're not, insecurities, all that. And it's like, why not pour something good in? So I literally, when working with people, I literally have them commit to listen to 30 minutes of audio a day. And then when it's time for a call, they fill out a form beforehand and they got to teach me one to three things they learn from it because you don't understand something until you can teach it. We can hear it all day, but if you can't teach it, you don't know it. And how you really know is by doing it. And then you can really teach it. And hopefully, and I say this in a humble way, hopefully you guys see that everything I'm talking about is already within me. I'm not trying to read a script or, oh, what, what's that saying there? Like it's in me because I live this stuff, right? And David's the same way too. So I encourage you to spend 30 minutes or more pouring in so that when life, 
squeezes you. When the difficulties of business and real estate squeeze you, you have something good coming out because most people, they don't do that. And that's what changes the game. And um, and I'll leave it with this. I think uh, Yahoo did a study that like the top 500 CEOs uh, in the Fortune 500, like 92 or 96% of them read uh, like a book a week. So anyway. Yep. Yeah. What's the, what's the old adage? Not all leaders are readers, but all readers are leaders or something like that. Or not, not no, all readers right. are leaders, but leader, all leaders are readers. I, I have it on my son's wall in their bedroom. It says leaders are readers above their bookshelf. And, yeah. and it's true, man. It, it really is. And I, and I will say this, uh, I think Alex Ramosi says this, but I've always believed in it. He just put words to what I thought. And that is uh, don't read many, uh, a ton of books one time. Read one book a ton, a ton of times, right? You'll ingrain it more until you yep. own it. Anyway, go for it. No, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I do. I listen to like a book on audio and I listen at like two and a quarter speed, two and a half speed, yes. uh, like rabbit speed. And then what yep. I do is people are like, oh, you can't absorb everything. I'm like, dude, 80% of the books that I flip through, I needed like one or two nuggets out of, you know, or, or half the time it's like you get through three chapters. You're like, I know where this book's going. I don't need it. Um, but then if I really get, if I like the book and I'm like, I want to get more out of that, I order the physical copy, I read it and highlight it. And then I read it a third time and I just read the highlights. And, uh, Great. I love it. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, also, as far as affording a landscaper, you just need my landscaper. Um, for anyone who's not heard this ridiculous story on the show, uh, I moved into this. This is my office with the Airbnb above it. Um, shit, two and a half years ago almost now. And the mm. first week I moved in, I saw a landscaper across the street and I was like, yo, can you mow my yard? And he's like, yeah, it's 40 bucks a week. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, uh, can I just set it up on automatic payments right now? He's like, no, I'll email you. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he didn't email me. And I kept asking the guys and they're like, oh, you got to email him. And so I finally got an email address and I sent it over to him. They sent me an invoice with no address to send a check to and no link to pay the invoice. And I'm like, how do I pay this? And they're like, you got to get with the boss, man. For like a year, I went back and forth with these guys. And finally, I just gave up. And they still show up every week. I have not paid him one time in over two years. And he mows my yard every week. And I'm still trying to decide if it's worth canceling just to mow my own grass. Because I enjoy mowing my grass. But I'm like, That's awesome. like, worst business owner ever. I need to just buy his business and set up automated payments. And I'd probably do great. Um, yeah. All right. When, when should somebody hire a coach? Is this for everybody? Oh, man. Look, you know, I will say, let me start with this. Every coach is at a different level. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not that one's better than the other or anything like that. I believe everyone has value and perspective to give. Um, it's just that some people have more time in the saddle, right? If you had a GC, if you're flipping a home and you had the choice between a GC who, or you're building a home that's done it, watch someone do it one time. For someone that's done it a thousand times, which one are you going to do? Choose, right? Yeah. I, I think the answer is obvious, right? So for me, I when I look to hire a coach, I look at how much time do they have in the saddle and what are their results? And so that's my perspective. Um, as far as when should you hire a coach, I, you know, there's no wrong time. I really believe that a coach has something to offer at every level. I believe that every level there's a new devil, right? Like, I don't think we've ever had a challenge we've overcome it. And then we're like, oh, got it. The rest of life's going to be amazing. I'm fine. I'm perfect. Now we go through seasons, right? Like there's always seasons in life and business and real estate, everything's cyclical. And so we go through these seasons. And so I love having a coach when I'm in a down season. 
But I love having a coach even more in an up season. And you're like, well, everything's going great. Why would you hire a coach when things are going great? Isn't it for when it's in the down times? <clears throat> yes, but when things are going great and I have massive momentum, it, a coach helps pour fuel on that fire and accelerate where we're going. So if I could get to a goal in a year on my own, but a coach could help me shift my perspective and help me get there in half the time or less, that's so worth the money, right? Absolutely. And so I don't look and... And again, I know I'm kind of speaking biasly here, um, but I do have coaches in my life that I hire and um, I even had a parenting coach, right? Like that was so awesome. And so, um, but what I will say is the, the amount of money I invest in myself here, notice what I'm saying. It's not, a, I'm not spending it. Just like when you join this community here, you're not spending money, you're investing money. You're your greatest asset right here is your greatest asset. And so when you spend or when you invest money in yourself, I'm always looking, like I said earlier, what's my ROI? My ROI is always worth way more than what I would ever pay for a coach ever. Right. And so I always tell people this. And I, I say when my wife and I have tough financial decisions to make, should we invest here or not? And it's successful people make decisions based on where they're going, not their current circumstances. So many people are like, oh, I don't have the money or this is all the money I have and I don't want to give it to a coach because that's all I have. And it's like, you're, well, one, you're not giving, you're investing, right? Number two, you're going to get an ROI and it's going to be 10 times greater than whatever you spend. And so, but that's what I found as coaching, you know, people who are worth half a billion dollars or more. I see they always make decisions based on where they're going and not their yep. current circumstance. So hopefully that answered it. Absolutely. Absolutely does. Um, and I had I had one other one written down here, but I think we kind of already covered it. So, uh, what have we missed? Anything we've we've missed about? I, I mean, and then I guess we could talk about some of your investment stuff if you'd like. I figure I talk about investing all the time, so I'm like, I will right, we'll talk mindset. But well, you do a little bit, bit of both here. Um, <clears throat> I will tell you right now where I'm at personally, what I'm hungry for, and what I'm like really working on, and I see it a lot in my clients right now too. So we're diving in there too. <clears throat> is and, and this is something that we don't we get the opposite of in the military and that is i'm so hungry to dig up all the insecurities in my life mm. because those insecurities are the parking brakes of my future success it's like it's like a boot on a car you're not going anywhere and the the i get to, i'm like man just the 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 jealousy oh they got you know a hundred doors and i don't right and, Oh, they're cash flowing 50 grand a month passively and I'm not yet. It's like <laughs> jealousy or fear or not good enough, right? Like the, a per, here's a big one. The military pushes this a lot is performance-based approval. Let me go do something to prove my worth to you. I was just on a call with one of the client, when I got one of my clients was at Costa Rica and <clears throat> um, we're talking about these insecurities and how performance base is like really just trying to get your value from the external when really the real measuring stick in life is from the internal qualities that you have. If you can shift that measuring stick, the, the frustration, the, the feeling of not good enough, the fear, um, all that starts to disappear because money titles, they all go away, right? Like if you were, a, if you were an E9 or an 05 or 06 and 
in the military and then like you get out and you can't find a job and you got to take a, a stocking shelf job just to pay your family's bills which has happened right i'm sure david you've probably seen this and talked to a lot of people like that you feel so less than you feel from hero to zero and it's like whoa, whoa you got the wrong measuring stick now don't get me wrong there's a tension between you know like have, striving for success you know the success you desire and i actually measure that as the uh the spirit of excellence that you walk and your internal greatness and the qualities of who you truly are and i i have videos on my youtube channel to talk about how do you improve your self-worth that you guys can check out but um it's really digging into those insecurities because once you uproot them, then it's like you plowed the field, you, you you plowed the land that you're going to build your house on. And then you can decide, what do I want to build from here? Do you want to build a, a one-story ranch? Do you want to build a two-story you know, mansion? Do you want to build a skyscraper? It's entirely up to you, but you got to you gotta pull the weeds out first. You can't just rip the tops off and ignore it. You got to get the root out. And when the roots are out, you can plant something better and build something great. So that's something that's been showing up for me. I'm hungry to dig into all my insecurities, traumas that I've had, right? Why do I PTSD that I experience? Why do I get so freaking angry when my kids are whining for an hour straight? I'm like... Well, maybe we all get angry at them and get frustrated, but it's like that there's it's a trauma, there's a root there. And so yeah. I, I get hungry to dig it up and I love doing it with clients because then it's just like success just from there. I love that. Yeah, I think um I think you're spot on. Uh the limiting beliefs and insecurities are are huge, you know. The who am I, how can I, I can't, or ho- however they manifest. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 like the uh you know, the guy in high school who can't talk to girls. And it's like, well, you're not going to get over that if you don't talk to girls. And you're not going to, probably not going to have a whole lot of luck in the dating world if you can't get over that. So, like, you got to get through whatever that insecurity is and go start talking yeah. to people. Um, well, okay, I'll so that real quick, just, yeah. you know, confidence is built by action, right? And so, yeah, you got to go talk to 100 girls to build that confidence, right? And, you know, here's a silly mindset shift. I think I said it in Costa Rica, but sometimes you know what to do, right? You're like, you have the mindset, you're just having fear stop you. And fear is like a little, it's like a puppy gate that you know you can easily knock over, but you don't. But you just got to JFDI it. Just freaking do it, right? Like you just have, sometimes you just got to go after what you want. It, you know, you have all the tools, the strategies, the mindset. Is there that puppy gate of fear? You just got to JFDI it. So anyway. Sorry. There you go. All right. So we got five questions that I just, this is a new segment. I just started doing this like four episodes ago that I call the debrief. Um, and normally one of those is that I pull a question from the Facebook group, but there was not a single like mindset related question in the Facebook group. So we're going to skip that and say, if you're in the Facebook group, if you asked better questions, you might've been featured on the show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, so what's the, what's the dumbest thing you've ever purchased? Oh, Wow. Yeah, these are random questions. Uh, the dumbest thing I ever, I will say the dumbest thing I ever purchased was uh, I got out of, I did the opposite of what a boot does when they get in, but like I got out of the Marine Corps and I I, I bought a, a 325i BMW because I wanted luxury when I got out. I sacrificed deploying and I, I could have used that money to invest in a, a property or something, but I bought a a liability so yeah that was probably the dumbest thing i've done purchase there you go what about what would you consider the smartest purchase <clears throat> my wife's wedding ring 
Mm, good answer. I like that. Uh, all right. Well, so she's so, uh, straight up a ball. But yeah, I know. I've heard you. I've heard you talk a few times about how solid uh, the decision to actually date her was in your life. So um, which is which is a cool um, kind of story behind all that. The fact that there was like an insecurity there and a lot of other stuff that you had someone point out. So you recognized it and like like talk about a proof case, uh, a proof source. Um Name a book, podcast, or some other resource that made you into a better leader or investor. Man, I mean, I'm sure people are going to say bigger pockets as an investor. Um, but look, I'll say I'll go. I'll go with a couple books that really stuck out to me. Number one is the Bible. I think all personal development actually comes from the Bible. Um, so that's just my personal belief. Take it or leave it. That's fine. Um, but I love Michael Singer's work, uh, The Untethered Soul. I think that mm. book is profound for mindset. Um, the cliche, thinking grow rich, but those principles in there are timeless. And sometimes we get so uh, satiated with the the titles of these books that we, it devalues the, the value within them. Um, so if I, if I can listen to that. And then the last one is, um, just from a, a mindset perspective is a book called Outwitting the Devil. If no one's ever read that book. Yeah, Napoleon, Napoleon Hill. Hill. It's such a great mindset shift, whether you believe in God or not, and the devil and all that. It, it's, such, it's a great mindset perspective book, but in a, a story fashion. So those are three Dude, books the, that are. The really story cool. behind that book is so interesting, too, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know. So Napoleon wrote this book and then everybody told him not to publish it. And like he wouldn't publish it, nobody would publish it. And then like after he died, his I don't remember if it was his kid or his grandkid was like the world deserves to know and published it. And it is, I mean, it's 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 a very interesting read, uh, and you can see why. Like back in the early 1900s, he wouldn't have wanted to publish that next to you know Think and Grow Rich. Um, and, Bro, Shingdon's family, she said, his wife said, it, especially when she died, he died first. His wife's like, now it's going to bring shame. And so yeah. they could very it's interesting. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they posted it. It's uh, it's great. It's like, uh, it's like what, uh, I'm drawing the name of the, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the book, but um, Machiavelli's work from, you know, like the 1600s or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, some of the stuff that's written in there, you're like, wow, this is uh like very honest about humans, probably too honest about humans. <laughs> very beneficial stuff to read. Um, yeah. All right. So somebody's listening to the show and they want to make more money instead of <clears throat> just listening to the next podcast after this. What do you think is the next, the first step they should take to uh, on that journey? Oh, you're muted. Uh, I got you're muted. How about now? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right, sorry. Um, oh, okay. I will say, I know I'm saying this biasly, but work on you. You're your greatest asset. You know, before I go in further, have you ever heard those people who said, um, if I lost everything, I can get it all back and even more in less time? And yeah. the reason is because they know who they are. They're confident in who they are. There's no insecurities of, fear, not good enough, lack or doubt or any of that. That's, they've worked through all that. And it's not because of the money. It's because of who they know they are and what they can accomplish. 
strategies come and go, right? If you tried to build a website like you did back in 2008, right? Backlinks, you know, you, you'll get nothing because the strategies change. Facebook ads strategies have changed. So strategies are great, but the psychology is what makes people confident. So it makes them powerful. So if you can work on you first and you feel like you're bulletproof, you can go get any real estate strategy, any stock strategy and win with it. But if you go get a strategy and you're fearful, doubtful, and lack of confidence, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, and I guess the last question I got for you is, um, so if, if, where, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So if people want to get a hold of me, they can get, reach out at masterlifebydesign.com. You can go uh, reach out personally on Instagram, the Joe Moffitt, and, or you can go ahead and subscribe at master life by design out on YouTube. And so that's where I put out a lot of my free content too. So beautiful. Yeah. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank it's been you really for good. I think there's been some really good advice. And uh, yeah, I look forward to pointing people towards you. Whatever I can do to help you, the community, or any of you guys listening. But if you're not, get plugged into this community because environment is everything that accelerates your success. So David, appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Absolutely, brother. Have a great day. Okay. See you.